Greetings, peasants. I mean, hello, good friends. Welcome back to the Knights and Nerds podcast. My name is Tim. I'm the Dungeon Master, and I want to say thank you for coming back and listening to this. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the first episode. We ended on a bit of a cliffhanger, and it looks like things will go from bad to worse for our heroes, as these things tend to do. Uh, So we will get to that in a moment, but I wanted to say that there will be the first Dungeon Master episode coming soon. I know we got some things to talk about already. In the meantime, if you want to make any suggestions, or if you have feedback, or questions, or if you just feel like chatting, you can get in touch with us and me on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash Nights and Nerds podcast. Twitter is at Nights and Nerds. Gmail is Nights and Nerds podcast at gmail.com. And if you do like these episodes, you can obviously do the things that every podcast says, you know, leave a rating, leave a review and subscribe and all that jazz, which is great. So hopefully you can do that if you want. If not, no big deal. Also, if you want to support the podcast or if you're interested in other things I've written, I have a fantasy trilogy out right now. You can check out my books at thingstimwrote.com books. Also in this episode is a little bit of background ambience, and that is from Tabletop Audio, which is a site that if you are a dungeon master or game master and you haven't checked out, I highly recommend tabletopaudio.com. So in just a moment, we're going to get to episode two. You can find out what the heck happened to Lord Kalira. Where did she go? What are our heroes going to do now that Agarand is in control of all of the Iron Guardians in the city? Uh, I can say it's not a good situation, and our heroes handle it with as much grace as you would expect. Before we get started, I did want to take a moment to talk about a decision I made uh, for the character, Matt's character, Spruce Lee. If you don't really care about Spruce Lee's choice of weapon being the glaive, then you can just skip ahead for a minute until the actual episode starts. But if you are a dungeon master or you know the rules and you know that technically the monk path of the Kensei aren't allowed to use heavy weapons and the glaive is a heavy weapon, you might be wondering why is Tim, who's supposed to know the rules, allowing this travesty to take place? I don't agree with the decision that was made on the path of the Kensei to disallow them to use heavy weapons. I thought that maybe they were making this decision based on the fact that monks needed to make, not needed to make, but could make, unarmed strikes as bonus actions every turn. And it might be a bit difficult to imagine that taking place when they're using a two-handed weapon. But the rule is, it can't be heavy. It doesn't say that it can't be two-handed. The rules make the allowance for a longbow, which is both heavy and two-handed. So in my mind, if they're going to make the allowance for one heavy weapon, why discriminate against the others? In my mind, the monk path of the Kensei is a weapon master. And if they choose a weapon, you know, they are dedicating themselves to this specific form of combat. And because of that, I don't think there should be any restrictions on what kind of weapons that they can use. And it's also worth pointing out that the only real benefit that Spruce Lee gains from this is using a weapon that uses a slightly higher damage die. It's a d10, whereas with another weapon he might do a d8. So really, the benefit is overall 
fairly minor, and the party doesn't really have a frontline tanky fighter. So I think they need every little advantage that they can get. So I guess that's my first little bit of Dungeon Master. I don't want to say that's advice, but that's a little bit of my rationale. Hope it makes sense. If you don't agree, that's cool. That's fine. If you do agree, congratulations. You're on the right side of history. All right, enough talk. Let's get into the episode. All right. So previously, you guys had crossed paths in Pharaoh's Point during the celebration of the New Dawn. You had come across a half-sober heavily bearded Elwyn the Weaver, the legendary enchanter and Lord Kalira's uh, right-hand, former right-hand man, now sort of wanted. Uh, and you had gone to give him back, he was willing, to Kalira in exchange for the bounty, and it went as about as well as was expected. Um, except that you didn't get the bounty and Kalira disappeared, and Lord Agarand now has the Staff of Control, which controls all of the Iron Guardians in the realm. So maybe it didn't go very well. Elwyn managed to teleport everybody safely to a different part of the city and then told you that uh, you needed to go somewhere uh, safe to talk because he had a lot of exposition to get through. Brilliant. <laughs> so, yeah, where would you like to go? Where in this city is is familiar to your characters and safe, relatively safe? All right, so... Yeah, I think we've talked about uh, potentially there is a underground cellar slash storage area to the um, dockside market that a connection would let us stay in for an extended period of time, which would provide us security and uh, anonymity. Uh, so you guys make your way there to this through the, through the bustling uh, marketplace, and it's it's been maybe. 10, 15 minutes since you guys escaped from the keep. So nobody else really knows what's going on. Uh, everybody's still blissfully ignorant. To this point, all the Iron Guardians, they're still just doing their what they've been doing this whole time. Nothing has changed. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you guys get into the safety and comfort of this <laughs> cellar? Questionable. <laughs> and... <laughs> Elvin sits, I guess, on the floor. I don't know. <laughs> there might be like a few empty crates floating around, I picture, but that's probably the best case scenario. All right, he's going to sit on a crate then. He tells you, he says, can I just get everybody to try to remember what just happened? Because I'm, I'm afraid that I'm remembering it incorrectly. I just teleported us out of the keep, and the energy that surrounded us looked nothing like what we saw affecting Kalira. Right? The, the the energies were totally different, yes? Yeah. I was afraid of that. I think you had a different voice last time. I don't know if you care about that, but he had it. <laughs> I thought you'd put on a voice for him. He was. Is it, uh, is it, is it breaking the realism if I'm not doing a dumb voice? <laughs> All right. Just for the sake of ease, because I'm, I'm, I think I'm bad at it. So, <laughs> um, he says, what happened to Kalira, and it's been about three decades since I've seen this kind of energy, but that was interplanar teleportation. She wasn't sent to a different place in the city, or outside of the city, or to a different continent. She was sent to a different plane of existence, which should be impossible, because 30 years ago I built a barrier 
around this plane right before the maelstrom. People call it the maelstrom. Clear uh, and I always called it the deception. Everyone knows that the War of Ashes was started when Kezer, that ancient red dragon, supposedly communed with Tiamat. And she told him that once the material plane was ruled by her servants, she would manifest herself here, in this plane. And such a disaster as that would be unthinkable. But historians and bards have written that both sides of that final battle were equally matched and that the dragons died out fighting each other. The story that everyone knows is a lie. And people, surprisingly, will believe a lie if it's big enough. Kezer and his allies were far stronger. We had no hope of victory, no chance to actually beat them in battle. Our only choice was to imprison them. We told Pharaoh and the other dragons fighting with us that I had a device that could teleport our enemies to another plane and that they only had to fend them off long enough for me to activate the device. And they did, bravely, fighting for their lives and for ours, and the teleportation worked, but it sent all of them away, good and evil, all of them to another plane where they have been trapped for 30 years. And then to ensure that they could never return, I created a barrier so that nothing could cross from any other plane into this one. By now, Surely Pharaoh and every other last good dragon fighting with us has been killed. And for 30 years, Kezer and his kind have just been stuck waiting. So don't you see what is happening now? Agaran has somehow figured this out. He somehow knows this and seeks to open the barrier to bring Kezer and the others back to finish what they started. And if Agaran succeeds, all will be lost. Our only hope is to find Kalira and bring her back. So I feel like my character, uh, Faye, who again had no idea there's been a war, is probably just sitting here dumbfounded, still a little bit stuck on why uh, some constructs would even think to hurt her. I think she's going to speak up and be like, wait, 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 there was a war? Does someone else, please? <laughs> <laughs> it may sound like a fanciful bard's tale, but this, my friend, was actually true. Uh, okay. I've never heard of this before. <laughs> so my, my suggestion is this. Um, I need to remember all that I've forgotten about interplanar teleportation. Build that same device and somehow find Clear and bring her back. Uh, and I will need all of your help to do it because I can't do it by myself. We'll say I, I visit the Arcane Academy on occasion, uh, talking to them with what they've learned. Um, and I've seen... Uh, teleportation spells before and, and I would agree from what I can tell that, that this seemed very different and if what you're saying is true and uh, we observed uh, a teleportation through the planes then obviously whatever security you've put up to prevent that is no longer working yeah ab about that the the barrier the planar barrier was built in a series of pillars underneath the city in the ruins of that timeless ancient civilization whatever was here before us that's where i built the pillars that create the barrier and do you think it's a coincidence that agarand came here asking to go into the ruins that's why it's illegal for anyone to go delving in there although the fathoms fighters stop as many people as they can from entering some 
foolish thieves still break through, but I, I don't know if anyone's, or I don't know if someone has truly found out what I've created and where I've hidden them. Elwyn, you're saying that you constructed these pillars uh, to create this planar barrier. D- did you do this on your own? It seems like such a great feat. You must have had some sort of help. I I did have help from a brave few, many of whom are passed on now, but Shigar Stoneskin was one of them. I know Clear was another. Could some of these people have been reached by the enemy and, and you know, possibly they've been forced to give up information? Uh, it's possible. Hmm. It's absolutely possible. Very worrisome. And how would we find where Kalira is? How do we know which plane she's on? How can we track her? That you will have to leave to me. I will need to create the device and find a way to pinpoint her location. Uh, and to that end, first, we need to safeguard our little haven here a little bit. And then I have a task for you. Might I suggest some seating and curtains and or something to spruce up the place? Uh, sorry, did you call me? (laughs) 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 Yes, did your your monastery teach you anything about interior decorating? (laughs) Just warfare? Oh, my bad. (laughs) Didn't even miss a beat. Okay, so what uh, what can we do to help safeguard this place? What did you have in mind? Well, there is a merchant not far from here. He has a uh, a small store where he sells some trinkets. It's called the Eyes of the Beholder. He's a, an orc named Nestor, and he owes me a favor. So if you go there and tell him that uh, you're there on my behalf, he should part with Maybe one item that will help us uh, disguise our presence here. Free of charge, I hope. If he keeps his word, you never know with orcs. All right, so I guess we uh, better get over there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Everyone okay. agreed? Faye, you're, uh, you look unsure. I'm not sure why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I've been thinking the same thing. <laughs> or of what use I can be. <laughs> but I mean, you guys have been really nice, and uh, no one else here seems to... Want to help me? I, I would say, Fang, that this turn of events could only be fate. Such a ragtag band of people uh, must have been brought together for some sort of reason. And such a glorious uh, individual such as you, you know, certainly plays a role in all this. Yes, it would make quite a good song. Something to tell the people about. All you your could, adoring fans. You could become even more legendary than you already are. Thank you for acknowledging my greatness. Like <laughs> it on a bit thick. <laughs> <laughs> Not to her. We'll knock her down a peg later. Yeah. I don't think we need to try for that. That'll just happen. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so while you guys go get some trinket, I will go furniture shopping. You're going to go furniture shopping? <laughs> no, no, I mean, that's... <laughs> No. You have gold, I'm sure. Yes, plenty of it. What do you use it for? Uh, purchases. Trade. I give it and they give me something? Yeah. Okay. Good luck. <laughs> Faye leaves. <laughs> no direction, just out the door. We'll never see her again. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> 
Vanna White Housing, Spruce Lee, and Gilly Crystal. You all go off to the eyes of the beholder, and you you enter. It's a very sort of cramped shop, and you see a large orc with spectacles behind his counter, and he's uh, jotting some things down. He looks up at you sort of over his glasses, and he just waves you in. He says, yes, yes, what can I do for you? Nestor, my good man, good to see you again. He says, uh, you look familiar. Gilly, is it? Gilladob. Gilladob. Gilly is fine. Uh, we're actually here on behalf of Elwyn. We, we sort of need a favor. Oh, yes. He's wanted still, isn't he? He, he well, yes. In a way. <laughs> I mean, that would be true if the powers were still the same as before, but there's been a change. How intriguingly evasive. What can I help you with? <laughs> Elwyn said that you might have something that could help us um, stay stay hidden, maybe. Oh, he's calling in his favor, is he? Yes. Fine. Yes, I have, I have a few things, and you can take your pick of one of those things. He produces four small chests, and he says, here we have... An item that, when activated, will produce an illusory wall. So if you want someone to think there is a wall instead of not a wall, this is the perfect item for you. This other thing, I think, is protection from magical scrying. So, you know, privacy is a big thing these days. Protect your personal information. Uh, This item will... Silence a particular area. It won't silence it on the inside. Like, if I turned it on now, for example, we could still talk, but people outside can hear us. I don't know what you're getting up to. If it, if you're worried that it's going to be particularly loud, this might be helpful. And then this other item here, when you set these little doodads around the perimeter of your, I don't know, tent, wherever it is that you're staying, if... An unauthorized person or creature should cross the threshold. Each of you will be mentally notified. I'd like to turn to the group and talk to them somewhat privately. Well, the I'm particularly interested in either the, uh, the protection from scrying or uh, the last item that he mentioned about uh, current place. Secret whisper, whisper <laughs> is in a fairly like loud and boisterous area, so I don't think we need to worry about silencing ourselves mm-hmm. or creating a false door. We could do that on our own. Right. Um, scrying is notoriously hard to avoid, though. And if someone were to have that magical ability, there's very few ways to protect against it. Yeah, I I think that uh, the protection from scrying is probably the way to go. I mean. The being alerted to someone coming in is really only useful to us if we're not there, in which case it's really only useful if we're keeping something important there, which I don't know if, if we're going to, but mm-hmm. whereas if we are, if we're, if we're going to be planning on using that area with Elwyn, it's probably a good idea to, to be protected from other people being able to spy on us. Suppose and, you are right. If they found it and we were alerted that they found it, it would already be too late. Mm-hmm. Yes, excellent, excellent choice. Although I would have said that to any of your choices. Well, you can tell Elwyn, wherever he is, that we're even now. Well, good day. 
Uh, so how's Faye's uh, furniture shopping going? It went really well when you guys come back to the secret base. Uh, I have enlisted the help of my unseen servant to help carry large items. Uh, I've bought a nice chaise lounger in the corner, some throws, uh, a couple plants to liven up the place, and a nice area rug, and a couple paintings for the wall as well. So I guess as we return, it looks very beautiful. Uh, You've done a good job. And we'd set up this anti-scrying device. Perfect. All right, yeah. It's, uh, It's like a little, like a sort of orb with one flat side that sort of hums with this gentle magical energy and you you kind of i don't know set it underneath the chaise lounge where i don't know <laughs> i don't care where no one's gonna kick it and elwin says well this is a this is quite the transformation seems like uh seems like we're just powering right through this well uh that's great i'm glad you guys had such an easy time with that because i think the next thing i'm gonna ask may not be so straightforward I've been trying to jog my memory, uh, but unfortunately, I need one of my old books from my study. You see, when you're wanted, they don't just, you know, leave your place alone. It's it's likely being watched or, or guarded by bounty hunters or some other shady characters. So uh, would you be so kind as to go and find my book? It's in a false bottom in, in my fireplace. Thank you. So, and this is like in the castle? Oh, no, 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 no. It's close to the keep. It's right outside the keep's perimeter wall. This is the same perimeter wall that is constantly being guarded by Iron Guardians? Yes, that's the one. Can I t- take a pass on that? Well, one, uh, does he have inf- any information about uh, ways in? I mean, obviously it's his space. Maybe he has information about a back way in or something that would be less guarded. There's the old-fashioned way, which is the door. If you go onto the roof, you should be able to open up one of the windows on the second floor and, and get in that way. Uh, or if you were wanting to be a little bit more committed, you could go through the sewers, but then you would you would not come up into the home. You would just come up near it. Might I suggest going in the cover of darkness? That seems to help people. When I, when I needed to sneak from one hiding spot to another in that 12 months that I was in a drunken stupor. I think I did most of that at night and that kind of helped. I could be mistaken because I was very, very inebriated much of the time. So, Faye, are you familiar with the concept of trying not to be seen? Why would you do that? Hmm. I thought this might be an issue. (laughs) (laughs) Where we're going, the people who would see us will probably want to hurt us based on recent events. No one would want to hurt me. You said us. Not you, but us as a group. Unfortunately, your fame and uh, beauty does not carry over to us. Hmm. You make a good point. Can I sing a song? Can I Can I make a distraction by singing? A distraction? I'm distracting. I'm told that quite often. That is an interesting idea. Well, I do have a bit of an idea that may help us. So, I know a guy in town. His name is Perfo. He does some jobs that are somewhat similar to this, but is also in the entertainment field. Maybe we could uh, ask for some help and uh, figure out some sort of plan for this. Gilladab is talking about 
Perfo Parkins Labs Magical House Tent of Perplexicon. Uh, Elwin asks, uh, "What what uh, what sort of assistance do you hope to to gain from from Perfo?" He is both an entertainer, which uh, Fiance is familiar with, and and you know from time to time works in some of the more illegal jobs of the town. So we might gain some assistance both in our thievery and the distraction of entertainment. Through word of mouth, you easily find where Perfo and his magical house tent of Perplexicon currently are. Uh, you know, he travels around the city performing, you know, with his troupe, not just around the city, but between cities. Uh, but he's local right now. Uh, and uh, it's an off night. It's not a performance night. So, you know, he's kind of got like all of his uh, carriages set up in one part of the town. And they've set up like this sort of makeshift fence around where you can kind of hear some drunken reveling because it's it's still like the tail end of the celebration, you know, and there's a lot of a lot of drinking going on. Uh, so the four of you approach and there are a couple of strong men who are watching the gates and they they kind of step side by side. You can tell they're identical twins or in very good disguises, but they're also jacked. So they ask, uh, they ask, who approaches? In unison. It's weird. Face ups forward and says, it is I, fiance. They look at each other and then look back and they fold their arms and say nothing. Gilladob steps forward and says, fools like these would never recognize a talent such as yours. Let us speak to Perfo. He would clearly recognize such a beauty among mortals. Say, I really love how much you pander to me. <laughs> one of the one of the strong men says, "I think they want to speak to Perfo." The other says, "Yep, they want to speak to Perfo." Rule about speaking to Perfo is. Wait, what's the rule? And I was like, he, "They have to leave their weapon." Right, you have to leave your weapons. Who did they leave them with? They have to leave them with us, Greg. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, if the one's name's Greg, what's the other twin's name? Craig? (laughs) (laughs) Have you been reading my notes? (laughs) Yeah, Greg and Craig. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so they ask you to relinquish your weapons. That's fine. I'd leave everything but a single dagger to them. All I need is my loot. I'll just check in with you. Like, y- you know them. I can trust them to, to keep a watch on my weapon. Indeed. Perfo is uh, all in all an upstanding person, and I'm sure will return your valuables to you. Okay, so I'll, I'll leave my weapons. Yeah, me too. They kind of just, like, step aside, and they don't really escort you. They're just, like, they point. It's a blue and yellow tent, with these floating lights above it uh, that are just zipping to and fro. And uh, I don't know how else to describe it. It's a tent. Uh, and you can hear a voice call out, like, as you, even before you, like, go to knock on the tent door. <laughs> it's like, tent doors open, come in. So you guys go into this tent, and it's... It's really cluttered, like there's just stacks of of crates and weird satchels of things and magical torches just lighting up the place, but it's it's just like there's stuff all there's stuff all over. It's it's like a D hoarder place. Perfo sticks his head out from between two satchels, he's like, Oh hey, visit Oh, Giladob Hello, Pervo. 
Perfo. You're saying perfo with an F, right? Perfo, per, per yeah. Isn't that right? Yep. It's my gnomish accent. Sorry. Deep gnome dialect. All right. I'll let it go because I'm sure that you know my name isn't Pervo. <laughs> Nickname outside of everything. It does not like to be called that. Can there be another character that's eventually perfect? I have come with a business offer. Excellent. Those are my favorite kinds of offers, except for fun offers. Is is it a fun business offer? It could be that. Oh, yes. Let's talk. Let's talk fun business. Well, our little ragtag group, and I guess then I'd introduce everyone too, because I don't actually know all of your names. These are friends. I would like to propose a slight pop-up entertainment. I have, well, we have a job that requires doing that also needs to be discreet. And I was thinking one way to keep our discretion was to draw the attention with one of your famous acts. And we have the perfect person to assist you in this. Fiance. Faye takes a large bow. Very flourished. Whoa, that was the deepest bow I've ever seen. And isn't she a rarity? High elves. You don't see them very often. That's true. Is it true? I don't know, but I, I can't help but agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> so what's this what's this performance? Are you are you are you asking for some musicians, some cartwheelers, uh, a bear on a unicycle? Sadly the the bear got turned into someone's area rug, so bear on a unicycle is out. <laughs> Whatever backup assistance we could get for fiance is it dangerous not the entertainment part the rest of our group would be handling the dangerous aspect this would be a simple job i lend out a few performers and we get i'm happy to relinquish any earnings that we make for this performance question is it a paying audience yes they all pay people always throw gifts and things at me perfo you you know quite well that there's the audience that pays up front, and there's the audience members who pay in the more uh, unintentional way. And you are welcome to any earnings you get from the crowd. As well, I'm sure during our during our job, if we come across any other valuables other than the item we are being sent to acquire, then we could pass that your way as well. I don't know how this hasn't happened yet, but... Roll me a persuasion check. (laughs) First roll of the game. Yeah, it's a 21 then. A 21 on persuasion. Perfo can't help but be excited. It's a profitable arrangement for us all. He says, okay, I will provide one juggler, one fire breather, and an acrobat. And he says, when's the job taking place? Tonight. Lovely, lovely. So I'll be counting coins by the morning. Okay, uh, let me go round them up and I'll introduce them to you shortly. All right, so you guys hang out for a few minutes next to Greg and Craig. You get your weapons back. Matt, has Spruce Lee collected his glaive yet? No, not yet. Typical. <laughs> Typical wood elf. And then a few minutes later, uh, three performers come out. Uh, there's a fire breather who introduces himself as Popo Zhao. A juggler introduces himself as Bonio McMunch. And there is an acrobat named Esmeralda Gooch. 
and they, they're basically just following your lead. So Elwyn has obviously told you where his old home used to be, so you guys make your way there. At this point, it's dusk, and by the time you get there, you anticipate it will be kind of fully dark. Yeah, maybe we should stay back from the entertainment group, and uh, Fiance can set up her little stage area. How far away are we, like, thinking this should actually be from the house? Close-ish, but I mean, a, a good enough distance, but we we want basically Faye and the performers to be kind of facing the house, right? But then a, a ways away so that everyone's looking away oh, from the house yeah. in her direction. I guess I'd ask, uh, he mentioned an entrance into his uh, room that would be on the second floor, like through a second floor window. Is, is there, a, like, if this house is on the street... Is it a like a side alley window or something where we wouldn't have to be in the very front of the house? Well, once you get there from a distance, you can kind of see that there you anticipate that there would be like one on each side. So if there's guys sort of hanging out on one side, you should be able to go to the other. Can you guys, everybody make a perception check? Uh, Spruce got a 16. Sprucely, with a 16 on your perception check, you see that there's... About four or five individuals hanging out near the front door. They're kind of like, are just sitting around in crates. Like, they look like they're just talking and drinking a little bit, playing dice. You know, not totally observant, but anybody who like saunters up to the front door, they're going to see them right away. And these people appear to be guarding that. Like, that's what you're, oh, yeah. you're saying. Okay. You can see that they are all armed. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm going to let everyone know that, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. Once I begin singing, no one will be able to keep their eyes off me. So, did we, Sorry, did we determine where we're sneaking in? Like, which way we're going to go in? My vote's through a window, because I have a way to get us through a window. Are you assuming that the door's going to be locked? The front door? Yeah. That's guarded? We're going to try and distract the guards. Even distracting, that's still, like, the obvious entrance, so... If we distract them, we can, like, sneak in through a window. I think that is a little safer, but... All right. It just involves mm-hmm. getting up to the second floor. Uh, scaling the... Yeah? Okay. I don't remember seeing that Spruce is scared of heights on your character sheet. No, I... Oh, shit. I didn't have it ready. <laughs> okay. They, they're approaching the house? You want me to explain? Well, we, we need you to start okay. your performance so that we can... All right, mm-hmm. so we set the stage. I have lit up the shoes of the acrobat to create a cool effect as she flips and does hers or his thing around. Hers, hers. as Morel de Gooch is yeah, a woman. That's right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we got the fire breather. All they've started and Popo's out. Yeah, Popo's out. So I step forward and go, ladies and gentlemen. And I begin the spell in Thrall. Uh, you weave a distracting string of words, causing creatures of your choice that you can see within range and that can hear you to make a wisdom saving throw. On a failed save, the target has disadvantage on perception checks to perceive any creature other than you until the spell ends or until the target can no longer hear you. My opening statement will be in Thrall to hopefully bring everybody in. Okay, so they have to make a wisdom saving throw? Yes. There's two of the guards that run up right away and they're like, oh! Oh, a fire breather. It's Popo Zhao <laughs> with lyrical accompaniment. And three of them are a little skeptical uh, as to the sudden appearance of, of a fire breather, an acrobat, 
a juggler, and a high elf bard. I am going to, though, put on the performance of a lifetime, which will also distract them. Okay. And you are you are just belting it out. Yeah. A, a song about... My home. Cut back to you guys. Mm-hmm. How are you getting up to the second floor? All right. Master plan time. So we sneak into the back where there's a window option. Mm-hmm. And I use my fabulous mage hand to just open up that window, lift my rope, and tie it up to something. All with my magical mage hand. Ooh, can you make me a perception check on that window, please? Oh, Oh, shit. As you send your mage hand, you can sort of see that there is a a wire across the window. So you're like, uh, I think you may have to deal with that before you can get yourself in. You'll have to roll sleight of hand to disarm it, but because you got a natural 20 in your perception check, you're going to have advantage on that disarm attempt. So I rolled a two, but I get a plus eight. So that's still a ten. (laughs) (laughs) That reaction doesn't sound good. Is it a one? Yeah. Oh, no. Ten still? (laughs) You're pretty confident that your mage hand did not disarm the tripwire, so you're going to have to try. If you want to go in through the window, you're going to have to make maybe an acrobatics check to get through the window without setting it off. Well, I mean, yeah, I suppose I could just try and climb up the wall and disarm it. Like, once I climb up there, rather than doing it with mage hand. It'll take it a little bit longer, but... All right, so you're going to try to climb up and do it the old-fashioned way? Yeah. So acrobatics, try and scale this wall. 21. 21 acrobatics to climb up. Mm-hmm. Okay. And now you're going to make a another disarm attempt on this on this window. Yeah. 18. 18 successfully disarms the window trap. So then I would tie off the rope for the others. Probably leave a few knots in the rope to make it easier for them to climb and uh, slip my way into the window. Can all three of you make stealth checks, please? With advantage, because there's so much performing going on. 24. 19. 24. These dudes have no idea what's going on. Like, you can hear, like, they're, like, clapping and, and, like, singing along, even though they don't know the words, so they're just saying meow. Popo Zhao is spitting so much fire. Like, it's cr- it's crazy. Uh, so, yeah, you guys uh, make your way down to the fireplace, where Elwyn had said he, he kept the book hidden in a hidden compartment. Right. I, yeah, can I, I mean, maybe just perceive or investigate whatever would be, you know, look for traps around yeah. there. Someone's learning. Son of a bitch. That is a... Can I help? <laughs> Help's an action, right? Yeah. I'm helping. Thanks, Gilly. Can I call you Gilly? Yeah. I feel like we're close enough now. Mm-hmm. Didn't help. <laughs> <laughs> so, six. You're pretty confident that you haven't found anything. Yeah, try and figure out how to open this fireplace. Just lift up. Can you make a... a s- who's doing it? Who's doing it? it? needs to make a strength check. All right, I'll do it. Spruce Lee will do it. Seven. You try to lift up this iron grate and it slips out of your hands and falls back with a thud. Outside, you see that one of the guys has sort of turned his head towards the house and you kind of heard a thud as well. And at that moment, I ask for a volunteer from the audience. The two guys who are enthralled up front, they both volunteer and they're like pushing each other out of the way. They're like, no, no, I'm volunteering. 
do they accidentally bump into the guy who is starting to turn his head? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Doesn't matter how much you flick your eyebrows at me, kids. Uh, if you try to make a... You're trying to get his attention. Maybe make another performance check. Because okay. you're, trying, you're trying to single him out. 24? All right. So I say, you, the distracted one. <laughs> <laughs> what, me? Yes, the one who is not completely enthralled by my appearance. Come up here. I don't find you all that enthralling, but I'll play along, sure. Uh, so back to the inside of the house. Who's who's taking a run at this this heavy grate? Well, now, no matter what, there should be some assistance. I am pitifully weak, so maybe you two should work on that. Okay. In Team the meantime, more. can I make a perception check for any valuables in the room? Oh, yeah. Well, let's, let's do the iron grate first. So, Katie, make an athletics check. Okay. Uh, 19. 19. So you hoist this iron grate out of the fireplace, and you can see, wrapped in this thin leather, there's this, there's this book-shaped object covered in, covered in soot and dust. Venom White Helsing also finds a small satchel next to the book. Okay, I'm going to open it and look. It's got some gold coins in there. So you find a small satchel of gold coins next to the book. Uh, I don't know if you want to stay and count it out now or just get out of there. I think getting out is more of a priority. Yeah, let's get the hell out. And uh, back outside, where are you? how are you making this poor guy participate? Using my disguise kit. You're putting a disguise on him? Yes. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> and uh, what what... What, what the hell are you doing? Well, I needed to reenact a scene with my mother. So I needed someone to play my mother. <laughs> so I've dressed him up as my mother with my disguise kit. Okay, what's, uh, so he's he's like, Faye, clean your room. <laughs> <laughs> the audience is laughing. It's great. It's good humor. All right. And uh, I'm going to need everybody to make... And do a stealth check as you as you guys make your way down this rope. So let's start. We'll go one at a time based on who's going first. All right, uh, Spruce will go first. Ooh, natural twenty. I'm wondering if should I toss the book down? You should just keep that on you. Okay. Uh, eighteen. Last one out. <laughs> Ten. So as Gilly is descending, one of his one of his feet hits like the first story window and shatters it. And then oh, you no. hear from the other side is like, someone's breaking into the house. That's it for this episode, everybody. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to join us for the next episode as we see whether our heroes will run or if violence will break out. And it's almost certain that there will be violence. Again, if you want to support the podcast, if you're enjoying these episodes, and I hope you are, you can go to thingstimrope.com slash books, check out some stuff that I've written there, and read some fairly inexpensive and worthwhile books. Otherwise, we'd love to hear from you. You can connect with us, Facebook, Knights and Nerds Podcast, Twitter at Knights and Nerds, and by email, Knights and Nerds Podcast at gmail.com. And because I have no witty send-off remarks, I will just say goodbye for now, peasants, and we'll let the outro music do the rest of the work. That's all like dun 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 d